released from the vaults for a limited time. It's the St. Canard Files, a Darkwing Duck podcast. I'm your host, Mike Russo, and... Tiffany Silverbron. Yeah! Hey, Tiffany, what's up? Nothing much. <laughs> so, you know what? Before we get into our comic today and talk about a piece of merchandise I just got, uh, I thought it'd be fun if the listeners get to know you a little bit better. I mean, everybody knew what Will was into, besides Darkwing Duck, of course. He liked a lot of 80s and 90s movies, uh, Transformers cartoon, sports, of course. Um, we knew Stan liked Ghostbusters and Back to the Future, and of course, so did Bill. But um, what are you into, Tiffany? What kind of pop culture stuff, non-Darkwing, are you into? Yeah, so I'm really into horror. Everything horror um, a lot of um, classic stuff and um, like all the way, I guess all the way up to the eighties, I'm really into, and I do like modern stuff too, but um, my main focus is from the beginning of horror until like the eighties. So do and you have a really strong working knowledge of like vintage horror movies, like really vintage stuff? Yeah. Like stuff like Nosferatu, stuff like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, nice. like that, I like all of that stuff. And um, I don't know. I, I think it's just not as artful or something now. There's some things here and there. <laughs> I feel like when I was a kid in the 80s, those movies were still really talked about. But I think over the last maybe 20, 30 years, it's really fallen away. I think recent generations won't watch black and white movies and a lot of newer generations yeah. think old movies are like Shrek. Yeah. <laughs> or like for the for the, the like the earliest an old movie can be is something like Jaws. Jaws. I mean, God forbid it's black and white. Yeah. Um, but um, what are your favorite of like the older horror films? Hmm. Well, my favorite movie of all time is Psycho, and it's not super old. It's sixties, but um, and I like. Uh, the old werewolf movies, like um, not just the Wolfman, but also like She Wolf of London, mm -hmm. stuff like that. There's something about like those old cheesy werewolf transformations that I like. Oh, the cross dissolves. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, do you have any favorites of like the Universal horror films? Um. Yeah, I like Creature from the Black Lagoon. I like Bride Ooh. of Frankenstein. I like Frankenstein also, but I think Bride of Frankenstein, I right. the music is so much better. Bride of Frankenstein is a better film. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I don't know, like, uh, all of them are good, really. <laughs> Do you like Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein? Oh, yes. I love okay. <laughs> I love that one. Yeah, I really that was like my, it. as a kid, that was my entryway into those films because it wasn't scary. Yeah. <laughs> and then nice. I it, same like with sci-fi too. I like sci-fi from that era. Also. What about? Okay, this is a self-indulgent question. What about Godzilla? <laughs> yeah, I love Godzilla too, but I don't have seen all of the Godzilla movies. So. Oh, no one <laughs> says you have to. There is a lot of them. <laughs> Although, in my opinion, you only have to watch up the first twenty years of them. When I was a kid, I, I'm sure you remember there was a thing called Godzilla Theater. Yeah. <laughs> played all the Godzilla movies. Yeah, I know lots of people remember when they were on TNT Monster Vision. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that was that was big. But I date back even further than that. I didn't even have cable when I got into Godzilla. 
Um, they're all on HBO Max. All the old ones are. So oh, I recommend okay. anybody who wants to see some Godzilla movies, if you have HBO Max, they're all there. Um, what about Night of the Living Dead? Yeah, I love Night of the Living Dead. I love all the George Romero zombie movies. The first um, time I saw that was like 2 a.m. in the middle of the night, and I shouldn't have been up that late watching that particular <laughs> film. <laughs> My dad always hated it, and I always loved it. It's it's When you research the history of that movie and what the, what movies were like when it came out, that movie must have been a gut punch for people in the movie theater. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, they had warnings on it. Yep. It's good. It's just so super raw, you know? Yeah. And I, I also like, you know, the TV shows, the old TV, the old um, anthology shows like The Outer Limits and One Step Beyond and um, Twilight Obviously, Zone. Obviously, The Twilight Zone. Yeah. yeah, that's like a big no-brainer, of course. <laughs> yeah. And Night Gallery. And... Do you ever watch Twilight Zone on like uh, New Year's Eve? They play them? Yep, I actually, one of my Christmas presents was a shirt that says 1989 Twilight Zone Marathon. <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah. Channel 11 in the New York area used to air them all the time. Now I think it's just a sci-fi channel thing. Yeah, that's that's where they play it now. <laughs> nice. Well, um, anything else? Um, outside of horror, do you have any favorite animated films since we're talking about Disney and Darkwing? Non-Disney favorites? Disney, just anything um well my favorite disney movie or i guess i'll say two my two favorite or i'll say my top three <laughs> is dumbo Ooh, i love that one and um three caballeros Ooh, i love that and, one too and fantasia seriously how can you go wrong with a movie starring donald duck yep <laughs> Like, not just a movie starring Donald Duck, a movie starring Donald Duck done by the Disney studio in the 1940s. Yeah, and I feel like not enough people remember that one. (laughs) Also one that's completely trippy as hell. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. The music is great. It's so good. Like, um, if Saludos Amigos is just, hey, look at these quirky cultures. Let's enjoy them. Three Caballeros is, well, I don't know what peyote is, but I might as well try it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah the end towards the end it gets really crazy <laughs> it's it's my favorite anything that donald duck was ever in ever <laughs> it's really fan you pick some good ones old ones too yeah it's so nice to talk to someone who doesn't list movies like aladdin and lion king as much as i love aladdin i prefer the older stuff that and pinocchio man yeah. pinocchio is something else just on an yeah. artistic level yeah that's another one that was a little freaky for me as a kid but i loved it oh the donkey <laughs> transformation yeah that's <laughs> hardcore everything like that's, pleasure island was just so ominous I that think is that straight out horror movie out. yeah <laughs> like and not to digress because we gotta we definitely should move on but i love how it starts as a funny sequence where he sprouts the ears and pinocchio looks at his cigar and pushes the beer away and yeah. then it gets more and more disturbing Mm-hmm. Like it builds and builds until it's a full out horror sequence. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's really well done. They would never do that now. Yeah. A lot of things in that. I don't think they would do. No, Dumbo too. A drunken elephant with all those <laughs> black crows. 
Yeah. Like, never, never again. I've read recent, I've not read, but I've looked at recent storybooks on Dumbo, like really recently published things. They cut the pink elephant and the crows out entirely. Aw. Those are the best parts. I know. I know a lot of people have a problem with the crows, but I am half black myself and I don't find anything offensive about the crows. <laughs> preach, Tiffany, preach. Um <laughs> They're the good guys. Everyone's They're the only Dumbo, good guys. Yeah, everyone's a jerk to Dumbo except for the crows. <laughs> and of course Timothy, but he's that's yep. different. These guys yeah. are the only guys that actually try to help him out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's funny how so many people want to cry things are racist, but the people who they say it's racist against don't seem to have a problem with it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not to get on a soapbox again two weeks in a row, <laughs> but let's move on. Um, I got the Q figure Darkwing last week. I know some people are still waiting on it. You're waiting on yours, right? Yep. But I'm happy I got mine. It was an Amazon purchase. Um, I like it more now that I have it, but it's still not up to the Negaduck standard. It's it's nice, though. I think my problem with it are the eyes. If the eyes were painted a little bit different, I think he'd be just as good as Negaduck. Yeah. But um, otherwise, it's nice. I like the gas gun. Like, it gives it a bit more personality than the Negaduck, who's not really doing much of anything. I feel like, yeah, Negaduck's better, but you just can't have Negaduck. Yeah. <laughs> like, you kind of need the Darkwing. I do wish there was something different about the base he's standing on. Like, it's the same gargoyle. I agree. I wish that that was different. But since that would have just cost more money, I mean, the Darkwing obviously has a different mouth, and I think the cheeks are a tiny bit different. Um, it's mainly just parts of the head. Otherwise, it's pretty much the same thing except for the gas gun. Isn't but I the think, cape flowing the same way? Yeah, I think it's the exact same cape. Because Negaduck's holding his hat, not his cape. Yeah. But, you know, again, you got to have the Darkwing if you have the Negaduck. They do look really cool next to each other on a, on a I'd say, shelf. But I have mine up on my fridge. But <laughs> whatever. Nice. But I hope you get yours soon so you can tell us how you, what you think about it. I feel like these are some of the nicest products that have come out last year. Like, they're definitely nice centerpieces to a Darkwing Duck collection. Q, you know, Quantum Mechanics does some cool toys. So, um, moving on from that, I think it's time to talk about uh, Boom Studios Darkwing Duck Issue 3. Yay. The Duck Knight Returns, Part 3. Uh, we have three covers again. Covers A, B, and C, obviously. Um, quickly, let's start with cover A. You like this one. I'm not as hot <laughs> on it, but describe cover uh, 3A. 3A, the first, the... The Negaduck one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's Negaduck, and he is about to plunge some dynamite in, like, what looks like a junkyard. He's very stylized. Yeah, I love it. It's actually the wallpaper on my phone. <laughs> nice. Um, this was drawn by uh, Giorgio Cavazzano, and the colors were by your friend Jake Myler. Yeah. Uh, my problem with the issue, the cover of this issue, it's it doesn't represent what actually happens in the comic. At no point is Negadek in a junkyard blowing things up. I find the covers <laughs> of the first four issues don't really represent their contents too well. I feel like maybe they just painted a whole bunch of covers before the stories were done 
I don't know if that's true, but but going forward, starting with the next story arc, the covers correspond more directly. Mm-hmm. But it's still it's it's cool. I can see why you like it, and it's definitely a must for Negaduck fans. Um, cover B by an artist named Jose Masacol. Makasokal, I'm sorry if I ruined that name. Jose Makasokal Jr. Uh, is a Quacker Jack cover. So I'm sure Will likes it. Um, <laughs> I'm not a fan of this one either, but are you? Um, I don't have a problem with the art. I just, it looks a little unfinished. Like it's not shaded or something. This one's a bit more representative of what's in this issue. It's got Quacker Jack and Mecha Banana Brain. I'm not feeling how he's drawn. I've seen better Quacker Jacks. Um, but what's interesting about the cover, it's got the toy teeth and Teddy from Days of Blunder in horizontal patterns across the background, which it's neat. And uh, cover C was drawn by Amy Meberson, who um, worked on, I believe, the Muppet Show comics. Uh, that's a cover that looks like a newspaper. That's like a got a uh, poster. Yeah. Um, I find it interesting how Darkwing is spelt with a hyphen between Dark and Wing. <laughs> yeah. It says St. Canard News, Dark, Wing, Duck. It says, oh, villainy, let us risk our feathers. The night flapping terror with illustrations every month of his doing. Available at all retailers of books, periodicals, and assorted sundries. And his Darkwing about to jump off a brick wall with lightning, lightning clouds behind him. Very Things dynamic. Clouds. And the moon behind him. Very dynamic. I don't have cover C, but it's, it's a pretty cool one. I think it was like a limited edition cover, though. Uh, so it doesn't have the Darkwing logo on it or any of that stuff. Um, but, you know, we're done with the covers now. Let's get into what's going on. Last we left, Darkwing was being attacked by the crime bots. And just when things were about to get bad, Launchpad and Goslin show up in the Thunderquack. And that's where we pick up. Before we talk about the plot, I want to mention a pretty major coloring problem in this issue. Launchpad's feet are colored yellow, like yep. the, like he's not wearing his boots. Yeah. <laughs> through the whole thing. Not just through one or two panels, the whole issue. That's a little weird. <laughs> and it drives me crazy. <laughs> so what happens? So they fly away and you get a really beautiful huge panel of them being shot at by the Quackworks um, robots. This comic is really good with double page spreads. Yeah. Really beautiful. And then you really get to see the tension between Darkwing and Launchpad because of something that happened. Yeah, they're really upset at each other. They start to argue, but the way the argument's written, neither of them are really explaining what happened. Like they're cutting each other off. So Goslin stops them and says, I think you guys are forgetting who the real bad guy was that day. So the main highlight of this issue are two flashback sequences, uh, both involving our favorite black, yellow, and red bad guy. <laughs> so start with the first quote-unquote incident, Tiffany. What is incident number one? You see these giant claws 
come. You hear the rumble, rumble, rumble. And... This must have happened, by the way, right after the fight with Megavolt, because Launchpad comes in with free coffee from Starducks. <laughs> yeah. Which I feel like maybe they gave Darkwing after he beat Megavolt from issue one. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so someone rips off the wall of the house and continue. And you get another beautiful page um, artwork of Negaduck, and he's on a giant, some giant mechanical destruction machine. <laughs> this thing's got guns, a chainsaw, <laughs> a bomb. Like, he's really upped his game. I see a buzzsaw, a flamethrower, and I want to point out, Silvani hasn't started drawing Negaduck with sharp teeth yet. Yeah. That's going to be a thing, but not yet. I think Silvani and Tad Stones haven't decided that Negaduck is completely psycho yet. Because <laughs> if you look at Stones' most recent Negaduck drawings over the past few years, oh, he is psycho. Like, he's got the sharp teeth, the crazy eyes, a torn hat. That's going to be a thing with Negaduck, but not quite yet. So... What is going on? This stuff, this is getting intense. Yeah, he reveals that he's been watching them for months, like basically staking out the place and knows who Drake Mallard is. And it was Launchpad's fault because he saw Launchpad leave a laundromat carrying Darkwing's costume and the sweater vest. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, Negaduck is... This is hilarious. <laughs> it is pretty funny that Launchpad's at fault here. Uh, Launchpad grabs Goslin and runs off. And uh, just before Negaduck does anything, the crime bots show up and arrest him. And I don't know about you, but every time I see the crime bots talking, I hear the voice of those um, machines from Time and Punishment, <laughs> that Dark Warrior does. That makes, it makes perfect sense, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and, and the funny thing is when they cut back to the present, Launchpad confesses that he had the wrong incident in mind the entire time. <laughs> yeah, and the incident was Gizmo Duck being crowned best like in a a, pad, a superhero pageant. <laughs> and if you look at the uh, the rest of the text, it says, Judge, I'll be honest, this competition makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's great, but we get our first Gizmoduck reference. It will absolutely not be our last. So Darkwing starts to do what Darkwing does, wallow in self-pity. Uh, we get a pretty big explanation that the show never gave us yeah. about why Drake Mallard had so much money and didn't need a job. Uh, why didn't he need a job? Because he was getting paid a shush stipend. And you know what? That is the best possible answer. Yeah. Why wouldn't Shush be paying him? Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> um, but then he he explains he stopped being Darkwing because of the Negaduck situation, enrolled Goslin in a very expensive school, and uh, he gave up, and that's when he went to Quackworks. And Goslin's not taking that crap, because Goslin doesn't take crap like that. And she tells him... Um, you know, you don't. You never say, let's get dangerous unless they find out where we live. And you never say, let's get dangerous unless we can't afford it. <laughs> <laughs> but but that, you know, that gets Darkwing going. He, it gets him, it gets his spirit back. 
And then we get probably one of the most, um, so far, the most blatant Disney Afternoon reference we've gotten yet. <laughs> yeah, I love it. What What is the reference, Tiff? It's Launchpad thinking about, um, thinking back on when he was trying to get another job as a pilot. And you see him with Gadget on his shoulder holding the the ranger plane is that what it's called yes the ranger plane yeah holding the ranger plane and he says i can pilot this and gadget <laughs> says no no you cannot <laughs> this is okay i'm gonna as a as a crazy psycho darkwing fan if this was in the show and i'm thinking musically the music would have swelled and gotten really triumphant when darkwing's jumping up and talking but when it cuts to the launch pad reference with gadget the music would have went Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Because the music always deflates every heroic moment with a little wah, wah on Darkwing Duck. And when I when I picture this, if it was actually done on the show, I picture that musical sting on this panel. <laughs> like, it's perfect. So, Fearsome Five Time, please Fearsome Four at least, they've beaten up the crime bots. Um... Liquidator is not talking like himself again. Yeah. Basically just, you know, just talking like a normal person. But then Darkwing flies overhead in the Thunderquack. And that really charges our bad guys. And that's when Liquidator has a great line, which I said before, released from the vaults for a limited time. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> and Megavolt, who is still really pissy in this story, he's always mad. Um, he said, where has he been? I bet he had a crappy office job <laughs> the entire time. Um, when this went to Joe for the definitively dangerous, Disney made them take out the word crappy. Oh, weird. Which I get. They wouldn't say it on the show. Yeah, they, I guess so. <laughs> they wouldn't. Doesn't really work. So what does Quacker Jack do next? He jumps into his crazy Quacker Jack car pushes a nice. button, it straps Megavolt down, um, as, assuming it's taking his electricity to power something. and Tur Turn it into a jet, basically. Yeah, and wings sprout out, and it's a Quacker Jack jet, which I kind of think is cooler than the Negaduck one. <laughs> I, yeah, that is pretty cool. He says, now, Quacker Jack says, my favorite toy was taken from me. Now I get to take it back. What do you think he's referring to, Darkwing? <laughs> Obviously not. Obviously, Mr. Banana Brain. But why would he get to take it back? I don't get. I don't get this dialogue. Mm. Forget the crime bots. Forget Quackworks. My favorite toy was taken from me. Now I get to take it back. I'm not quite sure what he's referring to. <laughs> there is so much cryptic dialogue in the Booms issues. I swear. Um, so anyway, Quacker Jack and the guys start fighting Darkwing, Launchpad, and Goslin. They throw one of Bushroot's prized turnips at the Thunderquack, and Launchpad shows off some crazy piloting skills. Yeah, and I have to say, like, usually in comic books, I'm not, like, a fan of action sequences when they mm -hmm. really try to do it, because it just doesn't really work in a comic book. There's some things here and there that work, but this is, like done really well 
What I love is the panel of the Thunderquack, Quackerjack ship, and all the crime bots buzzing between buildings. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. this would have been pretty cool, like, in animated form. It would have been really neat. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's... So we cut over to Honker. We, you know, we don't get much of Honker. We just this one scene. Um, and the voice who's talking to Honker, who we find out who it is very shortly wants honker to say a word on the screen but it's every word in the english language yeah. um the first word he says is aardvark how can defending justice be aardvark <laughs> yeah. i have to assume is a star is scorn reference you know hard work <laughs> hard work <laughs> I, I still think into, every time I hear hard work still to this day, I think hard work. <laughs> I don't want to turn into car parks. <laughs> still, how can defending justice be hard bark? Or, or, or I have only one word to say to you. Hard bark. <laughs> um, and, and they keep cutting to a top secret box with a lock on it. Um, we don't, like, obviously, in hindsight, we know what's happening here. We've read issue four. But for a first-timer, we don't know what the heck's going on here. Yeah, uh, like you said, if it was animated, it'd definitely be given away by the voice. Yeah, but there's nothing in the writing that makes you know who this is. And um, this voice, whoever this is, sees the thunder quack in a monitor realizes, oh, hey, you know, I thought I crushed his spirits. I thought I made him irrelevant. I have more important things to do. So he dumps Honker into a hole in the ground, tells him to go home, and gets ready to uh, greet Darkwing Duck, whoever this person is. So what's going on with our little plane fight over here? So they all of a sudden see that it's raining and see that it's Liquidator causing it. And ask and Darkwing asks Launchpad if he can get through it, and they see that the crime bots have made a giant energy triangle in the sky. Something like that, yeah. And they fly through, and both the Thunderquack and the Quackerjack plane get electrocuted and zapped, and Quackerjack has a flashback. So a flashback who's setting clearly is inspired by the opening scene of Life the Negaverse and everything. Yeah, like, sure. <laughs> one of the greatest scenes in Darkwing Duck history from an animation standpoint. Um, but anyway, it's same, same as in the episode. He's got his loot. He's saying, you know, guys, see ya. I got something else to do. And Quackerjack wants to know what's up. You know, why, you know, you're, you're a portion of the loot's unbalanced. What's going on? And what bomb does Negaduck drop on Quackerjack? That he knows Darkwing's secret identity. And what does Quackerjack do? He freaks out and asks him, begs him to let him know what it is. Yeah, but Negaduck not only insults Quackerjack, but he tears Banana Brain to pieces. So yeah, now we know what happened harsh. to him. <laughs> super harsh. That is really harsh. That drawing of Quackerjack on his knees mourning his doll is a is beautiful like every drawing in this flashback is really really nice yeah I, I find what's interesting silvani when he draws modern quackerjack draws him with a bit of an edge 
But in this flashback, Quacker Jack is straight out right from the show. Like super goofy, giant teeth, very silly looking. But modern Quacker Jack is a lot angrier. I like the distinction there. Yeah. But when we cut away from this flashback, okay, so here we here we go. Launchpad, Goslin, Darkwing, Quackerjack, Megavolt, Bushroot, <laughs> Mecha Banana Brain <laughs> are all tied to chairs, and Liquidator is in a big vat. And if you look for the super Darkwing nerd, the drawing of Quackerjack's face is right out of Wiffle While You Work, his very yeah. first appearance. Yeah, definitely. That, that very first bit when he was animated by John McClanahan from Star Tunes, that face is right out of that episode. But more importantly, we see a silhouette behind everybody. And anyone who's watched the show, that's a dead giveaway. <laughs> yeah. And then we get our final panel, full-size panel on the last page. Tiffany, who is it? It is Taurus Bulba in his um, cyborg form. <laughs> the Steerminator himself. Yep. And his last words are, the only true way to gain power in the city? Corporate, corporate takeover. takeover. <laughs> or how he would have said it, corporate takeover. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I can't do a Tim Curry to save my life. Um, oh, could you just picture him talking in this role? Yeah. Um, great, great cliffhanger ending. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. And it says behind him is a desk. It says CEO Taurus Bulba. <laughs> so there's no denying he's running Quackworks. So that's issue three. What's going to happen in issue four? Um, wait till next week to find out. It's going to be epic. Uh, but we'll we'll catch you next week on that one. Tiffany, how would you rate this issue? I would give this one five gas canisters. Why is that? Um, it's the story is really good in it you get a lot of information in it it's drawn great like i was saying before the action sequences are actually really engaging mm -hmm. um it's funny there's a lot of funny stuff in this one too <laughs> i'm with you i don't know if i'd go as high as five but let me give it a four and a half um i think the negaduck flashbacks are great like, it's pretty hardcore how he found out Darkwing's secret identity and how he tore up Banana Brain like that. Um, the gadget joke is hilarious. It's like one of the best <laughs> references in the entire series. And that Bulba reveal at the end is yeah. phenomenal. Like, they could have held on to him for, like, several story arcs. But I think this was a great way to end it. Because I don't know if the, at the time if they knew they were getting more issues. By the time issue two came out, they knew. But when they first wrote it, maybe they didn't. So if this is all we ever got, these four issues. We're leading into something amazing regardless. And, yeah. the, art is, and the art is great. Like some beautiful mm -hmm. drawings. Like Silvani's just home run after home run after home run. Except for the, the launch pad feet, which isn't his fault. <laughs> That's not his fault. That's his colorist. <laughs> I think it's only this issue, though. I think they, and I think they fixed it on uh, Definitively Dangerous. Mm. One day, I hope you get a hold of a copy of that. I know they're yeah. expensive, though. You gotta get it. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, that's issue three. Over and done. Next week, we'll have issue four. 
Uh, Tiffany, do you have anything you want to plug or any shout outs tonight? Um, I, as usual, um, my Instagram is at Tiffany Silverbron and at Regurgitating Gertie. I'm on YouTube at Radioact Tiffany. And yeah, that's it. <laughs> I want to give a shout out um, to someone who's um, guested on this uh, podcast a few times. I want to say hi to Andrew Wallace. Um, hi, Andrew. I, I hope you're still listening. I haven't heard from you in a while. But Andrew is an example of a younger Darkwing fan who is truly passionate about all the minutiae of this show and is really intelligent beyond his years. It's been a joy to like be his friend and have him on the show. And the reason why I mention him, we we met him when he was 13, 14, I think. And Will told me today he talked to he talked to Andrew and Andrew's driving. Wow. So congratulations, <laughs> Andrew. You're growing up, man. It's you know, I hope all is well. I hope dad is good. Um and thank you for being on the podcast. If you ever want to come back, let us know. Um, but yeah, that's my shout out. I figured, you know, what I want to say hi to Andrew again. It's been a while. And um, until next time, we are the St. Canard Files, a Darkwing Duck podcast. You can find us on all podcast apps, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, iTunes, Facebook, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Radio Public, and um, Pocket Cast. Also, you can just, if you want to watch it on YouTube, we're there as well. Um, you want to hear a bit, little bit about the comics creation from uh, James Silvani and Aaron Sparrow. Uh, go check out Will's virtual panel from two summers ago. Uh, it's definitely worth watching. It really, really is. He worked hard on that. Just put aside two hours of your day or spread it up. Break it up a bit. And um, Tiffany, anything else you want to say before we go? That's it. That's it, right? Okay. Well, until next week, folks, everybody stay dangerous. Bye. Take care, everyone. <laughs>